0: Welcome to the Five Guys Podcast, the show where we dive deep into the world of financial independence and personal finance. Whether you're just starting out on your journey or well on your way to financial freedom, we've got the insights and strategies
1: you need to achieve your financial goals. In each episode, we'll provide actionable tips and real life success stories to inspire and guide you on your path to financial independence. So grab your notepad and get ready to transform your financial future with the Five Guys Podcast. Let's get started. Fly Guys is a podcast dedicated to providing general information and insights on a wide range of wealth-related topics. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guests and do not constitute personalized financial advice. The content provided in this podcast
0: is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be considered a substitute for professional financial advice. Your financial situation and goals are unique, and the information provided here may not be applicable or suitable for your specific circumstances.
1: We, the host and the guests of The Fly Guys, are not acting as your financial advisor. We are not aware of your individual financial situations, risk tolerance, or investment objectives. Any decisions or actions you take based on the information provided on this podcast are your own and made at your own risk. I may be a financial advisor, but I am not your financial advisor. And now that the lawyers are happy, let's get started. Do you want to know how to get the perfect
0: credit score? Yeah. Mm. Today we're talking about it. Good. Today's the day. Today Today is that day. Today is
1: that day. Congratulations for finding this video. And we're thankful to have you. Yeah, and welcome to Five Friday Feedback. We are going to be exploring how to get the perfect credit score. But before we do that, what is a credit score?
0: What is a credit score? It's an age... I almost said it's an age range. (laughs) It's an age range. I am 26 credit scores old. No, that's not it at all. It's a range. It can be between 300 and 850. Mm -hmm. Let's just get the basics out. 300 and 850. Credit... Is not cash you own, but you have access to, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, you also have a credit limit. Do you want to talk on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. So a credit limit is how much other people have deemed you worthy of. So mm-hmm. saying like, I will give you Dom five. I'll give you five dollars of credit because that's how much I trust you. Five dollars. <laughs> Damn. Credit, in case you screw it up. Okay. But in general. Having more credit or a better credit score Mm -hmm. means that more people believe that you are worthy of credit and will pay it back in time. Um, So generally, a higher credit score, more towards the 850 range, is better than a lower credit score in the 300 range. Mm -hmm. And We have a very large gap. It's actually, like, I've never seen... You have to try to, like, get below 500. Like... Yeah. It's pretty difficult. It's It's tough. It's it's also really difficult to get 850. Yeah, I, I don't really... Yeah, but again, once you're over, like once you're over 720 you're kind of you're already in the range you're already in the age range yeah like you can go in like i'm at a i'm at a i'm at 800s and like it doesn't really matter yeah like you already have the best of the stuff have you ever seen an 850 um no
0: i never have never have me neither maybe i'm sure there's somebody my dad claims he had an 840 once but it's like it could just be just like you know he's shooting the shot you know like oh yeah back in my day i had like 849s of course of course i did it was in the 80s you know
1: um, but yeah, but a credit, your credit score really is your report card. It's your report card from three major credit bureaus, TransUnion, mm-hmm. Equifax, and Transamerica that says you person are deemed worthy to receive credit. And if these three companies all agree saying like, this is your credit score, then other issuers who know nothing about you, you walk into a random dealership, into a mortgage place, and do a credit card saying, mm-hmm. I want you to lend me money. Well, I mean, how are they going to know that you're worthy of it? Yeah. That's the reason that we have a credit score so that they can just quickly glance at a number and be like, okay, this person is B-worthy. Mm-hmm. So we'll extend whatever B-credit is to somebody. Yes. If this person is, you know, F-worthy, then we're going to extend, you know, whatever F-credit is, if at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you can get do- declined for credit cards as well. Mm-hmm. Of course you can get declined for credit cards. You can it's- get declined for loans or of any type. Yeah. Um that's the nice thing, you know. When we were in a, like small hunter-gatherer groups, right? Like everyone knew who each other was, and we knew your word was law or not law, and it mm-hmm. was very, very easy. But now that we have such a large society of people, yeah, you know, there's you're not walking around. I mean, who knows? As we're kind of moving into like the future of, of like the world, like social media honestly could become a currency. Where it's like, you know, this like, is this is you. Like in China. Yeah, like in China. Like there social, could be like a social, social credit,
0: credit score. Yeah.
1: But at this point, thank, thank, thank God, we don't have that, and no one is walking around with their credit score beamed above their head, you know, or it's like, here's my business card, and that's my credit score. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, this is a bad deal for me. Yeah, so luckily oh. your credit score gets to be internal to you for right now. Yes. Um, but but we should still try to build it up as much as we can because it's gonna have so many good effects on our life if mm-hmm. we have a better credit score than a bad credit score, including when we go to purchase a house or a car, or even if we want to get credit cards um, in order to travel the world for free, Mm -hmm. having a better credit score allows you really opens those opportunities to you and i know you said travel the world
0: well travel the world for free that's like a little are we going to talk about that today or is that another part or mm. what are you talking about there no we're
1: going to talk about it today so first thing we're going to do is we're going to go into what a credit score is Then uh-huh. we're going to talk about ways to improve it and then last monday we talked about what's in my wallet how do i think through credit card rewards and mm. all these things this time i thought would be really fun is you were telling me that you're looking for a new credit card that's to right. add to your repertoire <laughs> tell to your little, uti- to your utility, utility belt. belt. My financial utility belt. So what I'm going to do is uh, we will walk through as if I was coaching you for what credit card is going to be right for Dominic based off your stage of life and the way I I I'm that. thinking through these situations. Of course, personal finance is personal. I guide you decide. But I'm going to tell you some of the ways that I'm thinking through these things so you can make the best informed decision. And our viewer here can also listen in as to how I was Think through these situations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we already talked about what it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, let's talk about how we can improve it. How can we maintain it? All that fun stuff. The percentages, all that good stuff. Yeah. And then we'll get to my my stuff. Is that good?
1: Yeah. So first things first. What are the components of a credit score? What yes. makes up this wide range of three hundred to eight fifty? Yeah. How do I get the eight fifty? How do I avoid the three hundred? You know, I've always wanted to have three hundred because I think it's a fun number. You know, no, you know I like the movie. Sparkle, I like the three hundred. Yes, yeah. I, I like I like Leonidas. I want that number. Yep. But <laughs> hopefully they get that reference. Hopefully they get it. Yes. Um so the first thing that helps to build credit is 35% of your credit score is payment history.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is 100% in your control, meaning that you can pay your credit cards off every month or at least hit the minimum balance, but ideally you're paying them off in full. That's 100% in your control. Yes. So 35% is just credit history, payment history making sure that if you told somebody I will need to borrow $1,000 and I will pay you back by this date, that you actually did pay them back by whatever date you set.
0: Yeah.
1: And the nice thing with credit cards is once that statement balance hits, so you basically have 30 to 60 days to be able to pay that credit card in full without accruing any interest depending on when your credit card statements hit. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of confusing to understand, but it's the best I can explain it on a podcast. I think that's solid. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's simple as...
0: Pay it on time.
1: Yep, pay it on time. Pay it on time. Simple as that. So thirty five percent is going to be payment history. The mm-hmm. next thirty percent. So those these two numbers together make up sixty five percent of your credit score. Mm-hmm. Is credit utilization.
0: Utilization.
1: Now what that means is if I said, tell Dominic, Dominic, you're going, to, I'm going to extend you a hundred dollars worth of credit. Mm-hmm. That means Dominic now has a hundred dollars to go and play with. But at the end of the month, if I go, Dominic, how much money did you spend? If he said, Oh, I spent all hundred of it. Me as the guy who lent him hundred dollars goes, okay. So Dominic probably needs a lot more money than that. I don't want to lend him any more money because if I get if he's already using hundred dollars and if I give him more money, then he's not going to be able to pay me back ever. So credit utilization is trying to keep how much you're actually reporting to the to the credit to the credit bureaus, um, how much you're using. General rule of thumb is you want to stay below thirty percent. So again, if I gave Dom $100 and he came back at the end of the month, he said, Dom, how much money did you use? He said, oh, I only spent 30 bucks. Okay. That's solid. I could probably give Dom more money because he's going to be able to pay back the 30 bucks
0: because
1: he had an extra 70 left over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing that
0: impacts the credit score is length of history, mm-hmm. how long you've had your credit cards, yep. right? That's not a big chunk. It's only 15%, but that's still decent size. Yep, 15,
1: 15 percent So the age of credit accounts will affect your score pretty dramatically. So you know, that's going to be a big thing, and that does kind of suck for some people that are really young. Like, how do I build up my credit if I'm so young? But remember, it's only 15%. You still have two other things that are far more in your control. And that brings us to our, one of our next, one of the smallest actually, Mm -hmm. only making up 10% is the type of credits you use. Mm -hmm. So So like car loans, mortgages, stuff like that. Yep. Car loan, mortgage, student loans, credit cards. Anytime that you, in multiple, different types of credit cards, multiple credit cards, all these things show that like I have all these different types of credits to me and I am paying each one of them. Yep but say you're like really good at paying off your credit cards but you're really bad at paying off your car payments. Or your student loans. Or your student loans, that's going to still affect your credit score negatively because mm-hmm. it's looking at all of this in aggregate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I think that's super important. I don't think a lot of people realize that, mm-hmm. that car loans, stuff
0: like that, where they had to, oh, it's like, oh, just the one pull, you know, they pull my credit to get my new car. And it's like, it, I'm done, it's done deal. <laughs> like, no, you know, if you miss your payment on your
1: car, guess what? It's going to affect your credit score. Yep. And now when you go buy your house or something like that. They might see that. They they will see that. Yeah. And, you know, your house is going to be the biggest purchase that most people make in their lives. Mm -hmm. And having a credit score that's differing from like an 800 to like a 720 to a 620 could be full percentage points of interest. Mm -hmm. And those full percentage points, when you're looking at the cost of a house, plus the 30 years or 15 years that it takes to pay off that house. Yeah. Be a dramatic amount of money. Thousands and thousands. Thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, tens of thousands. Tens of thousands, yes. Yes. Lots and lots of money. Lots of monies, lots of currency. And then the final one, the other, the final 10% of the 100 that brings up the credit score is new credit. So every Mm -hmm. time that you apply for new loans, it actually does negatively impact your credit score. Yeah. so if if I was to give Dom again $100 and then Dom was like hey Chris I need another $100 yeah or I need a new more credit another hundred yeah. well that's gonna kind of ding me a little bit and Be like that's kind of concerning why do you need mm-hmm. another hundred um, I'll give you 180 so it's kind of thinking thinking thing that way why are you asking for more and more and more but again there's a way to gamify this because I use credit cards constantly I'm constantly opening up new credit cards um, but I know the things that are in my are, are in my control are my payment history and my credit utilization. Yeah. Always 100% in my control. So focus on those things. 100%. And you know that's not too bad. You know we talked about credit history,
0: utilization, history, uh, length, length, yeah, types of credit, car loans, stuff like that, and new credit, mm-hmm. getting new cars, asking for more money, stuff yep. like
1: that. So that is what makes up all of your credit score. But remember, the most important thing is focusing on. Paying yourself first and actually paying off those cards. Yeah, like good financial, good credit habits. Habits. Yeah, or yeah. good credit. Good, good. I think credit habits. Would I be guess really good, good credit habits. Yeah,
0: that yeah.
1: works. Uh, good payment yeah. habits, good credit habits is what's going to set you apart as having a good credit score. Not focusing on these little like, oh, well, I had to open up a credit card, or I need to go and open up. I need to. I guess I need to go to school to get student debt in order to increase my credit score. <laughs> Not worth it. No, not
0: worth it. That's not what we're saying here. It's not what we're saying at all. Don't spend money you don't have with a credit
1: card. And don't spend things that you don't need. Yes, yes. If you don't have the money.
0: Yeah, especially if you don't have the money. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real bad place to be in. Spending money you don't have on things you don't need on a card that has interest. So even if it... This is like the sussy thing about like, you know, if you buy something with a credit card, it's like, oh, it's on sale. But if you don't pay it off this month, it's like, that... the sale it, it, the the price of it is just growing. Yeah, hashtag grandma. It grows. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta pay in cash. Yeah. That's
1: why. But that's that's what makes it difficult, right? And unfortunately what the, the situation you described, people mm-hmm. not having money to buy things that they don't need with money that they don't have or with credit, yeah. That's kind of the American system. Like yeah. that that's how that's how most people live their lives. Yeah. So that's the reason people tune into the Fi Guys and listen to us. So thank you for joining us again here today, is to help to break free of those chains because mm-hmm. we're trying to show you that there's a different way. You know, the way that credit card companies, like the way that I strategically use cards to travel the world for free, I'm probably in the minority, 5 to 10% of people. Maybe less. Maybe less of people are using their cards that way, but the other 90% are building up interest every month and paying all of this stuff, but they're able to subsidize me to travel the world for free. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. But I don't want our listeners to be amongst them. No, no. We're trying to grow that 10%. We are. Yeah. So how do we improve our credit scores now that we understand what? a credit score is. Yeah. So the first thing, and remember this is the biggest one, is 35% of it is payment history, so it's really easy, pay your credit card off. Yeah. Pay it in full every month. If you can't pay it in full because life happens and I understand that, at least hit the minimum payment Yeah. every month. Yeah, and I think it's like,
0: if you're new to credit cards, it would be easy to pay it off every month. Because mm-hmm. some people who are already in a deep hole, you know, they can't pay 20,000 or 15,000. It's like, I only make 4,000, 5,000 a month. You know, it's like, you can't pay it off every month. But if you're just starting out, pay it off every month. And if you're in a hole, get out of the hole, do your best to just, you know, put more money down, more, more,
1: more, you gotta dig yourself out of the hole. Yeah, you gotta either make more money, you gotta spend less money. You gotta yeah. throw all of that, whatever, whatever side of the lever you yeah. pull, ideally it's both sides of those level, mm-hmm. but that, that All that money that's yeah. getting saved is going straight to that debt and yep. get rid of that because credit card debt is a noose around your neck that is very difficult. That really is a hair on fire situation. Yeah, like yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of returns you're getting in the market, it's not gonna be 20 to 30% guaranteed from your credit cards.
0: No, the credit cards are, they make a lot of money off people just not paying off their money.
1: Yep, and they do. And it's, its unfortunately, it's never been easier to be late on your credit card payments with the advent of automatic bill pay.
0: I got, I see what you're saying. So it's never been easier to, to, to not be
1: late. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Because now there's automatic bill pay. Every time that you open up a new credit card, every time that you, for your student loans, for your car payments, you're able to go online and just say every month on blank date, I want you to pay whatever the amount is. Yes now all you have to do is be sure that you have that amount available by not spending more than you make and knowing those numbers. Mm
0: -hmm. Simple as
1: that. So pay your bills on time. That's going to affect 35% of your credit score right there. Yeah, super simple. What's the next one? Number two is manage your credit card balances. This goes into credit utilization, which is the next 30%. So we want to make sure that we have a good, healthy credit to utilization ratio. Mm-hmm. Meaning with Dom's, with my little example of Dom, if I give him a hundred dollars, he ideally does not want to spend more than $30. 30%? I, 30%. Yeah. percent um, and then for me, I typically try to keep it below one to 3%. That's, That's what I you. keep it in. Yeah. And it's a little difficult, but the way that I'm able to do that is at the end of the month, whenever your credit card or whatever your payment is, And this only really works for credit cards. It doesn't really work for student loans and car payments and all these Mm -hmm. other things Mm because that's going to report regardless. But for credit cards, which is majority where people end up in a really bad place is with credit cards, it's at the end of the month when your statement hits, that statement is what's getting reported to the Bureau. So if you want to, a few days before your statement hits, pay off a large amount of that card, Mm -hmm. then whatever is left over is going to get reported to the bureau. So if I had $1,000 on my card that was going to be reported, but a few days before my statement closed, I paid off all $1,000 and now there was zero on there. Now it says, hey, Chris uses no money yeah. on his card. I'm not saying do that every time because you want to show a little bit, but you also don't want to show a lot. So that's the hard find balance that we're going to find with each other. Remember, general rule of thumb, not over 30%. I use one to three, Dom likes 10. Yeah, 10 is simple for me. 10 is simple. Yeah. I just, I, mean, I really just pay off my cards twice every twice a month. Yeah. On the 15th and, and, and right before the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I happen to stay in the one to three range. Yeah, It makes sense, that makes sense. Number three? Yep. Um, oh, and then for that one, make sure that you're paying more than minimums. Yeah. That's gonna be super helpful for, for utilization. Like yeah. pay in full, honestly, yeah. is the best way to go.
0: Yeah, because the minimums, if you just do the minimums, it's gonna take you four freaking ever to pay off that card. And that's like without you spending any more on the card.
1: Yep, because remember, you're just paying the minimum, but that's not paying off the interest. Yeah. So the interest yeah. is growing, and on most credit cards, 20 to 30%. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yep. The next big way to improve your credit score is length of credit history. So mm-hmm. lengthen your credit history. This one's a little bit difficult because, I mean, you can't... Can time, really control it. time is time. Yeah. Like, you really can't speed it up. But things you can do is it actually does benefit you to keep old cards open. So be pretty sparing when you're looking at like what card should I close if they're really old. Yeah. So if I have two credit cards, one's 10 years old and one is one years old, if I get rid of my 10-year-old credit card, now my credit history is going to only show one year. Yeah. But if I get rid of my one-year credit card, now it's going to show that I have 10 years. But with them together, it shows I have five years because they're going to average it out.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that people don't really realize. It's like, oh, I don't use this card. I'll just cancel it. It's like, no actually plays a part it does play a part. It and the, play a part and that's the difficult part about this is like something that affects one thing positively also mm-hmm. affects another thing negatively yep. and that kind of moves into the next thing diversity of credit accounts yep. so diversity of credit accounts the, it, it actually does advantage you to have different types of credit so having student mm-hmm. loans car loans home loans credit cards different types of credit cards yep. it does help you there but then it's also going to hurt you a little bit too if you have too much
0: yeah
1: um so it was never, it's never going to be recommended that you would just go and start opening up different credits in order to open up different credits to improve your credit score, because that only makes up 10%. Yeah. Remember, control what you control. And what you control is paying your bills on time and your credit utilization. Exactly. Another big thing for lengthening your credit history that is very helpful mm. is you can always find a cosigner if your parents already have their payment. If your parents or maybe a grandma or an aunt is willing to put you on as a credit, as a cosigner mm. on their card and co-sign you on their card with them, and then you can actually piggyback on top of their credit history. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a double-edged sword, because if you screw up, you're screwing them over, or if they screw up, they're screwing you over. Yeah. So it's something to be very cautious of, but if you have a very limited credit, it is a good way to build your credit fairly quickly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder, how much, let's say if
0: uh, grandma decided to file for bankruptcy, how much would that affect my credit? I have no idea. No idea? You've never seen that one?
1: I mean, I've seen it, but I, don't, I, don't, I can't mm-hmm. tell you what the scores is going to be. ChatGPT,
0: here we go. Yeah, ChatGPT, here we go. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting. So diversifying accounts, credit length, all that fun stuff. What's next? The next one is we want to be cautious
1: on opening up new credit. Mm, and that's crap. the f up part, right? I just yeah. told you a second ago, want to be diverse. Now I'm telling you, you want to be cautious on opening up new credit. What a scam. I know, it's so difficult. But again, focus on what you can focus on. Yeah. So if you need to open up new credit because it is important to your life or it's part of your strategy or something like that, then do what you have to do. Just focus on, again... Paying your cards on time in full and your credit utilization, but every time that we open up for a new application for, of credit, that means the credit bureau is going to have to pull a report on you, and that's showing that like, hey, I need new credit, and they're going to ask themselves, why do they need new credit? Yeah, that's a little risky to us. Yeah. So of course it's going to hurt your score. It just it just makes logical sense. And if we don't make it as like the man versus us, we just think about two people sitting in a room and asking, can I have more? Can you? Can I borrow more money? Can I borrow more money? It makes complete sense at that point. Yeah, And it's the exact same thing, just scaled up into a, a huge thing that has numbers and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. it's all based on trust. It is. All of this is based on trust. Our entire monetary system is based on trust. That's true. It really is. It really is. I think that's, I think we
0: broke that down pretty
1: good. I think so too. I think it would go back to this in the Monday pod if you really wanted to go a little bit deeper into yeah. it. But that's really what your credit score is made up of. It's payment history, so pay your cards in full on time. Number 30% is gonna be credit utilization, so try not to, if you have $1,000 to you, try not to spend all (laughs) $1,000 is getting reported to the bureau. Um, Length of credit history, really not a lot you can do about that, but if you can find someone to co-sign with you, remember it's a double-edged sword, they can always use that. If not, time is going to elapse with you. It's only 50% of your score, so not that big of a deal. 15, one, five. And then the other two 10% is types of credit you have and then new credit card inquiries. Bingo. Simple as that. Let's get on to segment three. Mm-hmm. What are we doing in segment three? So segment three, first we're going to talk about ways to maybe increase your credit if you're a little bit bad. And then mm-hmm. last time on Monday, we went through my wallet. Yes. And I told you how I think of credit cards and what things I have in my wallet for 2024. Okay. But mean? For this time we're going to go to Dominic. Um, so first things is building credit is very, very important for a myriad of different reasons. Buying a house, getting a good car, Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. Yep, and the first thing that we need to do when we want to start to build our credit and grow Mm -hmm. our credit is we first need to know what our credit score is and what are the things that are affecting that credit score. So I always recommend going to annualcreditreport.com. This is recommended by the the federal government. That's the actual website. When you go to the website, it looks terrible. It looks sketchy. It does not look real. It's a government site. It's a government site. Make sure you're at <laughs> annualcreditreport.com. Or if you, already, if you have a bank, most banks offer you to be able to go to, your, um, to see your credit scores. Now, when you look at your credit score, don't just look at the number. Don't look at the 300 to 850. You want to go a level deeper and actually look at the credit report showing what factors are you doing well in and what factors are you not doing well in. For example, for my site, I know, look how bad that
0: looks. Yeah, I just pulled up the site. It's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. In my head, I didn't think there was gonna be any images or color, just like
1: text-based stuff. But I mean, it's not great, but it's not like, it's not horrible, the website. Yeah, so for me, uh, anyway. let's think, let's talk about me for a second. So yes. for me, if you were to talk, talk about all the components, mm-hmm. my payment history is amazing. My credit utilization is amazing. My length of history is quite good. But my types of credit use and my credit and how often I'm pulling on my new cards. So 20% of mine is pretty bad. I do those two pretty negatively. Mm -hmm. And I still have an 812. 812. 812. Okay. Because I focus on paying my card on time, good utilization, and history is history. It just came up with time. Simple as that. But I'm not concerned about the types of credit I use. And I'm not concerned about how many cards I apply for. Because those sway the numbers so small compared to the other big things yeah. that I focus on. Yeah. I mean, what, 80% is just focused on the top three, length of time, utilization, Bingo. payment history. That got me to an A12. Simple as that. Yep. Simple as that. So that's the reason that we want to use, that's the reason we want to build our credit. And the first thing to do is to look at what our credit is and what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and start affecting it. Now, for people who have poor credit, it's very difficult when you already have poor credit to get out of that and mm-hmm. to start... You know, building up. So people with poor credit, what I typically recommend doing is using a secured card.
0: Mm, okay. What is the difference between a secured and unsecured?
1: So a normal credit card that most people think about is an unsecured line of debt, meaning that the bank is just saying like, we trust you enough based off your credit score to give you this much.
0: Yeah.
1: A secured line of credit is basically you giving whoever's giving you that, that loan money as collateral, saying if I don't pay off this in full, you get to keep this collateral. Mm, i see okay so that makes it secured. like so think about like a um a home equity line of credit mm-hmm. you're putting your home up as collateral yeah so that's why the interest rate is substantially lower because the bank knows if you default we'll just take your house it's cool like we don't yeah. want to be homeowners yeah but we have something against you yeah so yeah
0: that's that's that gets a scary that can be a scary situation oh my god if I mean, you default on it, that'd be so bad
1: Yeah, not a deal. Again, it all comes down to the importance of using credit cards responsibly. Mm -hmm. Um, Next thing I want to talk about is student credit cards. So people who are younger, high school, college, um, student credit cards are usually a really good option. They have very low credit limits. But obviously, if you're a student, you don't have very much credit history, if not even a big job to your name, a lot of money. So obviously, getting a card with low credit limit is probably a good thing. You know, if you're in college and someone offers you $10,000, well, you're probably going to spend $10,000 on booze, which is going to set you up for a pretty bad situation. But if you're in college and someone gives you $500, if you blow $500 on booze, that sucks. But at least you're not $10,000 in the hole. You're only $500 in the hole, you know. Um, oh gosh. so lower limits but they are and they do have tailored rewards to college students yes. so they might not be like all the travel perks and all this other stuff but they might give you money back on books mm-hmm. or you know, or like
0: no uh, annual
1: fee yeah no annual fee that's stuff the like one that that's really popular yeah I like that one Yeah. and then the next big thing that we always talk about and I'm a very big proponent of this is credit cards for travel rewards yes sir so that's your bread and butter that, I mean it it really is like a life hack of life hacks is mm-hmm. being able to use credit cards strategically yeah. in order to travel the world for free. Like me and my wife have been able to growing up. We didn't have a lot of money, so I never had to literally travel a lot. But once I found credit card hacking, I was like, Oh, I can just doing my normal life and just spending like a normal person. I could travel the world for pennies on the dollar.
0: Yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. It's pretty damn cool. Um, but yeah, but that, that those doors really only open to you if you have a high enough credit score. Yeah. These like, Premier Travel Rewards cards really only open up to people if they have a 720 credit score or better. Mm. 760 to be, like, ideal. Yeah. 760, 780, you're probably not going to get denied for any card. Um, But if you're below a 720, it's going to be, you know, it's it's really a flip -flip of a coin if you're going to get approved or not. And if you don't get approved, you actually just hurt your credit again because you apply... Oh, because you... Yeah, that's
0: right, because you got A credit pull, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt your credit, and you get denied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the, denial, well, the denied didn't work, the denied it, doesn't
1: it, change, it ma- doesn't matter. But if you did get approved, then that means your credit utilization would be able to increase a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, the, denied hurts my pride. The, the denied hurts my pride, the denied hurts my pride. The denied hurts my back. I have yet to be denied on any credit card, and I yep. every time now that it's getting like I'm at like 100% success rate, like. The first time I fail, I'm going to cry. Like, I was like <laughs> no! <laughs> like, break something. Dang, dude. You should
0: go out for, like, the biggest card out there. I, I mean, I have the... I have. You the, have big ones. I have some pretty big
1: ones. You have some massive ones, I really. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the only credit cards I know of that are, like, above mine are ones you have to be invited to. Yeah.
0: And that stuff's like, oh, spend 200000 Yeah, I'm not
1: going to do that. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Man. Um, But, yeah, so choosing the right travel rewards card for you is going to be a plethora of different questions we need to answer, yeah. questions we need to ask, what are we going to do? Um the thing with big travel rewards cards is they do have annual fees ranging anywhere from like $70 to $700 or more. Or more. Yeah. So that's usually a big pill for people to swallow saying like, "Oh, so first you're going to extend me credit only if I give you a bunch of money?" Like that doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, why am I paying for this?
1: So why am I paying for this? But you're really paying for the advanced rewards, and we want to make sure we're using this strategically. I always recommend for people that are hearing this for the first time to go back and listen to episode two of the Five Guys, all about mm-hmm. credit card hacking. And we decided last pod that we're going to redo that episode because we were very early on in our podcasting journey.
0: Yeah, it's not the best-looking podcast, but the information is solid. The yeah, information is solid. solid.
1: So we'll make it look better and be better. Yeah. Because um, we've, we've learned better how to podcast. Yeah. Um, we're, we're better podcast. We're better podcast. Um, <laughs> so we'll go ahead and redo that for you guys so you guys can hear how we think through credit cards. But if you go back on Monday's pod, um, I actually went through my wallet for 2024 mm-hmm. and kind of showed you what I think through on credit cards and why I keep them when I don't keep them. And actually what we're going to move into right now is a little segment for Dominic
0: yeah.
1: where we're going to, he's looking for a new credit card and we're going to do that together.
0: I love it, I love it. So what, what credit, where do I even start?
1: Well tell me, you currently have one credit card, right? Uh, yeah, we'll say I have one credit card. Okay, yeah. and then how? what's your length of history on that credit card? It's about 10 years. Okay, so we know, first off, if you open up a new credit card this year, your mm-hmm. length of history is gonna to shorten to five years. That's true. So will it negatively impact your credit score? Mm-hmm. Would you mind telling me a range of what your credit score is? It's about a 790. Okay, so 790. You have a very good credit score. That's pretty solid. So that means that you have access to pretty much every single credit card out there. Sick. So That's good. It's a good start. What are our goals for this new credit card? What are you hoping to achieve? I'd love to get cash back on
0: everyday purchases. I know you do a lot of traveling. Me, I'm not in that stage just yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still building my wealth up and still, you know... Creating good financial habits and building up different accounts and whatnot and saving. So, I'm not, I don't think I need a travel card. Okay. You know, I don't think I need the Southwest Companion Pass or anything like that just yet. Um, I think for me, it's just cash back, maybe a low to no uh, yearly fee. That would be exciting too. Okay. But I'm open to all suggestions. I know last time when we were going through your, um, you know, credit cards i saw i believe it was the venture x mm-hmm. that's the one i thought was like oh that's really nice i really i kind of drew to me okay that one you know drew to me yeah sure yeah that's true in. drew me in, drew me in. yeah and, and you had a star wars credit card so that was very tempting that was but it. for all professional reasons mm-hmm. the
1: sapphire x is what i was looking at okay so when it comes to just like getting cash back or just cash back rewards cards mm-hmm. There really isn't a good way of doing that. You just have to kind of go around online and like see mm-hmm. what's going to be the best thing. The way you really maximize using credit cards is for travel. Okay. Um, but you still can, even if even if you are getting cards that do travel rewards. So let's say right now, um, there's this, the card that I usually recommend people starting with is a Chase Sapphire Preferred.
0: Mm.
1: That one has a $95 annual fee, so you're spending $100 to have that card.
0: Mm.
1: But... If you spend, I think it is, let's see here. What kind of offer do you got for me? Yeah, intro offer. If you spend $4,000 in the first three months, you get 60,000 points.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: That 60,000 points is roughly equivalent to $1,200 of value. Mm -hmm. Or if you want the cashback option, that'll be $600. Okay. So that's where it makes more sense to use it for travel. Yeah. But you can use these travel rewards cards, these that are normally, that are geared for travel, that are better if you use them for travel, That's more Mm -hmm. effective Mm -hmm. as a cashback rewards card. It's just not optimal.
0: So I could use the points for, well, give me an example of what I could use points for, for those who don't know.
1: Uh, You can use them for straight cashback.
0: Straight cashback,
1: okay. So anything you put on the card, you can just say use my points Mm -hmm. as a penny for point. Mm -hmm. So 60,000 will be $600. Yeah. And just pay off whatever. But if,
0: but if I, rather than not doing the cash back, could I just use my points towards, like, you know, how, like, is there like a, because it's like a redeemable thing, right? Mm-hmm. So each company is a little bit different. With Chase, uh, what can I, besides just taking the cash, is there something I could use my points for rather than that? Yeah, travel. Travel? But like, okay, so I would use you you have to book travel
1: through Chase, correct? Or you can transfer it to a transfer partner. Mm, okay, so like, that's usually where points, like you can transfer it to Southwest or Marriott mm-hmm, or. Okay, and, okay. And that's where like bonuses start getting really big mm-hmm. is when you do those transfers. Interesting, interesting.
0: So you're recommending the Chase Aspire for me personally?
1: Well, no, I'm not really sure uh, because what you're saying first off is that you just want a good card that's gonna get you back like good, good cash back. Yeah. So that could be a good one because it's, it's got a $95 annual fee. One thing that you did say a second ago is that you're really interested in the Venture X card. Mm-hmm. Why was that one, Why did that one speak to you?
0: I think it was because it brought a lot of value back.
1: Okay. So that one gives you $300 in statement credits for mm-hmm. anything that you purchase through the Capital One portal for travel.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: also gives you $10,000 or 10,000 points back, which is roughly equivalent to $100, $100 mm-hmm. for travel. Yeah. Now is traveling something that you want to do? If, it's definitely if, something that I wouldn't mind doing more of. Okay. I definitely want to
0: travel more. Um, but it's also nice to like earn points for travel when I do end up, you know, down the line and start traveling, that I already have all these points built up.
1: Okay. Remember for the Venture X though, that you get three hundred dollars a year in credit and it's a use it or lose it system. That's true. So if That's you true. don't use it, then you just spent then you just lost three hundred dollars. Interesting, interesting. So I could use that three hundred dollar credit towards a flight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. or towards a rental car, or a a rental towards car. a hotel, or whatever it is. But if you're not going to use it, then it's probably not worth it, especially because yeah. that card's $400. That's a lot. So it's yeah. kind of hard for me to recommend you going directly into a $400 credit card.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for you, what I'd probably recommend, since you are a business owner, and mm-hmm. this might be a good way to kind of also get a business credit card, yeah. right now the Bink, the, sorry, the Chase Inc. Business Preferred mm-hmm. um, has a $95 annual fee, Okay. but it's actually offering 100,000 points. Yeah. If, here's the big thing, if you spend $8,000 in the first three months, which I know you're moving right now, so it might be possible for you to spend that $8,000, that's really mm-hmm. only, what, $2,700 a month for mm-hmm. the next three months? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's possible for you, but if you mm-hmm. could do that, that $1,000 is worth, two or the 100,000 points is worth $2,000 in value towards travel. Yeah. Or $1,000 towards cash back stuff.
0: Definitely. Hmm, that's definitely a lot to think about.
1: hmm Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and then there's there's so many different other options of credit cards that you can you can recommend. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I really like Chase is because Chase has the most optionality. Mm-hmm. So for you just getting started in this game, I definitely don't recommend that you go into, like, the American Express Platinum where you're spending $700 or anything like that. While those rewards are amazing, yeah. just like Chase's are, Yeah, I said we kind of start the barrier to entry a lot lower, which would be, you know, a card for $100 or so, yeah. and go from there. I mean... I know you don't have a partner or anything but if you have a partner we'd probably be looking at like Maybe a Southwest card to get the Southwest Companion Pass, but right now that's probably not the best option for you. If you want to learn more about that, episode nineteen, we talk all about the Southwest Companion Pass, and I'm able to fly with my wife for free.
0: Definitely.
1: So for you, based off what we just talked about, Mm -hmm. either the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which would be a ninety-five dollar card, Um, that's only going to get you sixty thousand points, but you only have to spend four thousand in the first four months. Mm -hmm. That's a personal card. Do you think I should wait
0: to see if the bonus offer, like the offer, gets a little bit
1: better? Yeah, you probably could because 60 is about the lowest it's going to go. It's not going to go any lower than that. So mm-hmm. it could get better, but it also might not get better. Mm-hmm. You don't really know. Weren't you saying that, like, they do new bonuses every month or something? Yeah, on the first mm-hmm. is when they usually release new ones. And typically what I found is at the end of the beginning of the year is not a good time. And then usually the best time for rewards is, like, March, April, May. Mm. So we're getting into there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. So you can look at we can look again there. Yeah. Um, recommended range for the Sapphire for your credit score is 670 to 850 so you're above that yeah and the other option I would probably recommend to you would be the Chase um, business preferred card again you have to have a business in order to have that but Chase is not the IRS so listen to our credit card ones I've talked all about that Um, but that one will give you if you spend $8,000 in three months 10,000 100,000 points which is you know more perfect it's $400 more to you yeah or $800 more
0: I think that's solid. I think there's a lot of great information in there, and mm-hmm. I'll,
1: uh, I'll look into those. Yeah, but as you start to travel more, once you start saying, like, oh, I want to travel to this specific location, or mm-hmm. I want to, like, stay at these places, or I want to stay at these types of hotels, that's when I'm able to start to tailor your credit cards more to you. But right now, when you're just kind of like, I don't really know. I just want stuff. These yeah. are the best credit cards because it gives you the most optionality. Interesting. Interesting. And with that, should we get into the viewer mailbag?
0: I think we should get right into the Five Friday Feedback viewer mailbag. First off, I want to say thank you for helping me. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that.
1: Oh, yeah. First things first, though. Always use your credit cards responsibly. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how many points you get. If you are not using your credit card responsibly or if you think, like, don't worry, this interest payments that I'm doing is worth it because it's going to help me with my credit, build my credit, or it's going to help me travel the world for free. No, because you're losing too much money on the interest to make it yeah. worth it.
0: Use the credit card responsibly. Pay your balances in full. Yeah. Avoid interest payments. Yes. Pay the balance in full as much as you can. Always. Every day. Mm -hmm. Every month. Every month. Every month. Every month. Okay. The time has come. It is now 5 Friday feedback. Viewer mailbag time. I'm excited for this one. Let's do it. This one's interesting. So, can you help a high schooler looking for help? interesting he's He's a high school he's a high schooler yeah (laughs) yep you can tell uh can you help a high schooler looking for help on a real estate credit building and investments Hmm, i think we can howdy fi guys all right buckle up buckled all right i'm gonna i've read through this already and there's a lot of points where i could stop but i'm just gonna bulldoze through it so yeah all right buckle up finance gurus this 17-year-old with ambitious with the ambitions of the size of Texas is ready to level up their money game. My quest, mastering the real estate, credit, and investing trifecta, and building a future where a workday involves piña coladas, not spreadsheets. You were a high schooler. Do not drink. <laughs> think of this, think of me as a sponge, soaking up knowledge like it's going out of style. I've got the basics of credit building down. Hello, responsible credit builder. But real estate and investment worlds are still a shroud of mystery for me. Think pyramids, hieroglyphics, ancient financial secrets waiting to be unlocked. Okay, here's the deal. I'm aiming for a sweet spot, the passive income zone where rental properties and savvy investments generate my caffeine budget and then some, think two hundred dollars to $300,000 a year. With enough left over to feel my wanderlust and my fuel for my entre- entrepreneurial journey. Reinvesting is key, baby. It literally says key, baby. Nice. Um, High school. Yeah, I'm never saying that again. Uh, reinvesting is key. Insert that word. Uh, this is This ain't a one-shot deal. It's an empire in the making. I love that. But hold on. I'm not some naive dreamer. Lost in a sea of stock charts. I'm a hustler, a grinder, away at school, juggling chores like a pro. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, every hustler needs a mentor, someone with the street smarts and financial wisdom to guide them through the maze. That's where you come in. Thank you. Oh, wise wizards of wealth. Love that. Any insights you could share would be like finding the holy grail of financial freedom. Think real estate gold mines hidden in plain sight, credit loopholes that would make my credit score cry, and investment strategies that would send my grandma into shock. Jesus. Sincerely, your knowledge is worth more than a gold-plated Bitcoin. So, what do you say? You down to be my Yoda, my sensei, my personal guru, my personal finance guru? Hit me back with your wisdom and let's turn this dream into a reality. One rental property, one smart investment at a time. Remember the bright future, the bank account looking up, and with your guidance, this aspiring financial ninja is ready to conquer the world. Peace out. Best regards, if you prefer. Okay. From 17 and Keen, financial dreams turning, seeking your guidance for a lesson worth learning.
1: That was a lot.
0: Next. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That was that was a lot. Dang. That okay. was like a blast from the past, bro. That was bro. a blast
1: from the past. Okay. Dude, I need to chill after
0: that one. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. Let's get into the notes from that one. So first I'm having trouble like,
1: even saying, like, what was the question?
0: I don't even know. I don't even know. I think he just wants more education.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I, what, I'm, what I'm thinking of the question is, is, he is interested in real estate, he wants to build his credit, mm-hmm. and then he also wants good, good investments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the first thing I'm going to say to any high schooler is, you need to educate yourself more on every single realm of those. Yes um you know if you want to be a real estate investor you need to start learning about real estate investing mm-hmm. if you want to be a individual stock picker you need to start learning about those things unfortunately when, when it comes to high school it's the get rich quick schemes like yeah. that, that's what everyone's gravitated towards like yeah. you know only 10% of people beat the market only 10% of people do well in whatever niche they're in mm-hmm. but every single high schooler especially males think that they're in that top 10%. <laughs> yes.
0: yes, we know this because we were those high schoolers. Yes, we know this because yes. I
1: was there. And yes.
0: now I'm here to show that there yes.
1: might be a better way.
0: I remember I remember picking stocks in the middle of class. Yep. Like I used to play this like, uh, like paper money. Like you could paper trade uh, the stock market and pick like actual stocks, but it's like fake money. Mm-hmm. And I would just be doing that in the middle of like class.
1: Yeah, and that I remember in high school we did that same thing where they were like, Oh, who's the best stock picker? And they basically yeah. like bring each other the like, computer lab and like everyone's choosing yeah. that. Yeah. That was like the worst way to introduce people to the stock market. So dumb. Because you give them a month to like whoever wins wins like this gift know, card. A, a jar of jelly beans or some stupid <laughs> crap. Um, nice. and then everyone just like the best guy just happens to be the guy that purchased one stock just because he didn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, like I chose Southwest Airlines because their ticker symbol is low. It's yeah. like, get out of that's not. That's not a good that's way to pick stock. That's right, stocks.
1: yeah, and then, and then then they win and everyone's like, okay, I guess that's how you win. You just get lucky.
0: Yeah, and it's like, that's a
1: horrible way to win. Yeah, that's a horrible know. way to learn, yeah. If I, if I could fix one thing for the education system, it wouldn't be that, but yeah. it'd be, that'd be part of it. Um, but for our for our writer, you really need to start like, reading books, mm-hmm. go on online courses. Like you're listening to the podcast, so that's that's, that's good. Solid. Like That's a really solid way, but there's so many different ways that you need to start learning because for you to ask me like how do I get a rental property? How do I build my credit? What are good investments? Yep. You're you you don't even know a question to ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have to formulate your mind for to ask the right question. Yep. It's not even about the answer, it's about the question. Mm-hmm. And like last week's pod, we talked about the psychology of money, the book, mm-hmm. you know. Um we also talked not in a podcast yet, but Think and Grow Rich, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, stuff like that. Definitely great books to involve yourself in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the more you, time you spend in the arena of finance, the more comfortable you are with the battle. Yep. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, and then that, that, that's kind of the next thing is like he says, "I want to be financially independent, like sipping pina coladas, bringing in yeah. two to three hundred thousand dollars a month or a year." Yeah. And that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But then if that's the case, what are you willing to sacrifice right now in order to achieve that? Yeah. So if that's what you want, and I, I feel that, that means that you're gonna have to start making a lot of money really fast and not spending any of it. Yeah. And just saving everything up and reinvesting it into your rental properties and into your investments that right now it doesn't seem like you have much knowledge on how to get into either one of those or what either one of those entails. You know, I think, I think rentals and doing real estate is an amazing way to make wealth but mm-hmm. so many people think that that is like a passive way of making wealth it's not passive in any way shape or form no like once you have a good business that's running you have good tenants good and good systems and processes at that point it is quote-unquote passive semi-passive yeah. Yeah. yeah but building up that real estate empire and like starting like purchasing your first home getting tenants in dealing yeah. with the toilet tenants trash all the bs that it takes to do it that's a lot of work, and it's yeah. not passive in any way, shape, or form at the beginning. A lot of learning. A lot of learning. A lot of mistakes. A lot of failing. A lot of failing.
0: Um, but in the end, success. Yes. If yeah. you're willing to go through the muck of it, if you're willing to really get your hands dirty and learn and fail, and fail publicly sometimes, and you can win. Yeah. You can still win.
1: So if he's... This guy's in high school, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's probably still living at home. Yeah. If he want to go directly into real estate? Like mm-hmm. I doubt he has money to for a down payment. No. So what I'd probably recommend is maybe house hacking yeah. or maybe you or can just staying
0: at, with your parents it, for a while.
1: Staying at home and like try to build up your savings as much as you can and also build your credit at this time. We just did a whole podcast all about building your credit. Yeah. The best way if you're not 18 right now and you can't apply for a credit card is ask your parents if they will co-sign you onto one of their credit cards. That way you can start to piggyback off that um, I don't know how, what your parents' credit is. Only if your parents have good credit scores. If their credit yeah. scores are terrible, don't do that. And they're responsible mm-hmm. with money. And you're responsible with money too. because yeah. your parents have to trust you, or they can just put you on the card and not give you the card. That's probably what I'm going to do with my kids, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, you said that. Yeah, it's funny.
1: Um, the next big thing is if you are saving with your staying with your parents, start saving your money for a down payment on a property. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's the way you want to go. Yeah.
0: Um, yes. I think that's a smart smart and don't just like I mean you can just put it in cash under your bed but I would recommend putting it in a high yield savings account yep. to where you're not just stacking cash where It's like, oh I made $500 this week it's like no you made $500 and then you put it in an account and
1: it starts growing yep. interest and then that, that $500 made $5 yeah exactly exactly yep. so yep. that's what we're trying to do and I, it's it's difficult too because once unfortunately what a lot of kids do once they start seeing that they have that that like money that's made for their real estate for like maybe their first property or their car or whatever. Yeah. They see all that money sitting there like, oh, I have $10,000 there. That's silly. I've heard not to have money in savings. Yeah. So I'm going to go and start trading it and yeah. make it and make that $10,000 into $100,000. I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to 10X it. And then five minutes later, they have that $10,000 go to zero. And then they stop playing the game. Yeah. So it's, it's just so much we have to do is just saving money and realizing that Becoming financially independent, like achieving what I've achieved in my life, what Dominic is working towards, yeah. it takes time, it takes dedication, and it takes a lot of freaking sacrifice. Yeah. The worst thing that could happen to you is that you get all the money that you need because you're going to blow it. Like the universe has some weird causality rule. is if you get something before you're ready for it, the universe will take it back. Like, yeah. That's why some people that win the lottery end up dead in a ditch like a, like a year later. Yeah, It's just...
0: They just weren't ready for they it. They weren't
1: ready for it. So that, that's where putting in the hustle and working and trying really is going to be the biggest thing. So you have to start to save money, you have to start to understand what money really means. Mm-hmm. Um next big thing I can say for like someone in high school is you need to start networking. Yeah. Like that's the reason people go to college is not for the education. The education is great and good and whatnot. Yeah. But it's for the network. It's yeah. to start to grow people that can help you down the line. Yeah. And don't look at every relationship as what can you give to me? It's what can I give to you? How can I help you? Yeah. That's the way that you really grow a network and build skills so that when you are down in the muck, and you need help. Someone's willing to help you because you were willing to help them. Mm-hmm. Don't go into a room looking for what can you help me with? Because people can smell that a yeah. mile away. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think also uh, this person wants to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think rather than setting a goal to say I want to make 200000 $300,000, million rather than saying I want to make a million dollars a year set out a goal to be the type of person that can make a million dollars a year Mm -hmm. because quick money comes fast leaves faster you know but becoming the person that can do it and repeat it it, it, it's beautiful because sometimes in life you know we build up a myriad of skills and yet we get put back to zero but in actuality, we still have all those skills yeah. and we can get back there. Yep. And building the person that can get to a million or more, a billion, whatever, that's what is truly needed in this person's case, I believe.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's also – it's difficult for me to like recommend like how are you going to get the real estate. I don't know what kind of job you have. If yeah. you're in high school, you probably don't have a job. Yeah. But – or maybe you do. It's like a part-time job. Dairy queen or something. A dairy queen or like I – I don't know, something. Yeah. Um, that's going to make it very difficult – you, know, you need to focus on building money right now and saving money. There's really only two sides of this equation. How much money you make versus minus how much money you spend. Mm-hmm. The money that's left over is what gets to go into money to build your real estate empire or your investments. Yeah. If you don't focus on these two things, there's nothing left over to even put into investments. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ask me like, oh, how do I become a real estate millionaire? Well, how much money do you have to put into real estate? Oh, I have nothing. Well, then you're not going to become a real estate millionaire. Sorry, that's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. Or tell me what the best stock to buy is right now. Well, first off, that's not my game. But then if I ask, like, "Or right, how much money do you have to put into a stock?" i have like, "Nothing." Yeah. Well, then you nothing. What is why are you even asking me the question?
0: Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't
1: buy stocks with nothing.
0: You have to. It. You have to start small. You have to start small, and you know, it's it's fun to talk about stocks. It's fun to talk talk about real estate investments, all that stuff. But that's level three, level four stuff. Let's yeah. talk about level one. Yeah. You know. Savings, expenses,
1: are you saving more than you're spending, right? Yeah. Are, yeah, are you are you making more, are you spending less than you're making?
0: Exactly. And like getting those baby steps down and like getting those walk versus run down is so important, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. key.
1: And then, you know, once you do have that money up, now we're gonna start small. We're gonna start purchasing into stocks. So well, I always mm-hmm. recommend ETFs, like big passive indexes because, you know, based off the question, the way you worded the question, Yeah you're not the guy to go in there and choose. You're not the next Warren Buffett. You, you may be, but right now you're not that person. You don't have yeah. that knowledge base to ask that question based off the way that you formulated the question. Uh-huh. Um, you know, And if you want to buy real estate, again, I would totally recommend like a single family purchase or maybe a duplex where you live in the house with them. Uh-huh. But right now, like, focus on staying home, focus on saving as much money as you can. Okay. And then continue researching the market. Research real estate, research investments, research whatever it is, whatever game you want to go. But what I fear for a lot of high schoolers, they want to go zero to one hundred yes. immediately. Yeah. You know, I want to be both a real estate investor and own my own business, and have a million dollars in stock in the stock market that I'm day trading. Yeah. And like each one of those three things are individual skills that have taken me a decade or more to build up, and I'm still not even that good at any of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's very tempting because we've all been there. Where it's like I want to study real estate. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I would say pick a discipline,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. focus on it, be a sponge about it, but also, you know, don't, I'm not saying give up on investments, give up on stock trading. Like, no, it's like have a foot in there, but pick one. It seems like he's crazy about real estate. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I would pick real estate, you know, do whatever you can to soak up more knowledge. Yep.
1: Yep. Even if it means it's like Apprenticing with somebody who is a real estate yeah. investor asking them like "What did you do? How did you get better at this stuff yeah. you know that's really where the networking comes in, but it's also important to make sure that we have a diversification of investments you yeah know, there is no there is no one who's just one hundred percent in real estate, one hundred percent in one stock
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you can do that you can have that that singular that, that singular focus, but if something goes wrong it's all wrong like and it's all gone yeah. that's where when you're younger having that diversification the Eight to nine uncorrelated bets, uh, a la Ray Dalio. Mm -hmm. That's the way that we build wealth, and we also lower down our risk. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Anything else to say on that? Yeah. I mean, uh, for him, it's going to be stay informed. Like, maybe reach out to like a financial planner when you're 18. Because if you're 17, Mm -hmm. no one's you can't work with anyone like legitimately. Yeah. you know, he probably doesn't need a financial advisor at this point because he has yeah. no money. Yeah. Um, unless he does have money, if he does, like, then go ahead and like let me know because then we can maybe talk. Yeah. But the biggest thing you need to do is start coming up with a plan. Start. You need to make more money. Like you need to make money. You need to spend less money, and you need to start getting that money ready—the money that you're saving—ready to put into investments. Nice. And there is no get-rich-quick schemes that work. There is a reason that there is no one on the Forbes 100 list who is a day trader, no. who is an options trader, who does any of this stuff. Because building wealth takes a long time, and it's about staying in the game long enough, not going for the big swings every single time. Yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes can you just bunt to first? Yeah, you know, steal second. Steal second. Yeah, that, that's what you need to do. If you go for the grand slam every time, you're going to get taken out too too often. If you get taken out in investing, most people never get back in. That's true, that's true. Yeah, stay in the game. Stay in the game. Do your best to just stay in the game. Don't get wiped out. Yeah. Stay informed and be deserving of a person that is worthy of a two hundred to $300,000 or annual, annual income, income yeah. passively.
0: Yeah.
1: And the other thing I would question is, that this kid's only in high school. He hasn't even like worked a real job a day in his life. How can he say that he doesn't want to do that if he hasn't never experienced it? That's true,
0: that's true. Yeah,
1: I mean a lot of the kids on social media
0: See, the nine to five is like a trap and it's like horrible. And for some people, they love it. Some well, people, they love it. it. I mean, you've done it. I've done it. It really depends on what where you're at. It depends and, on the
1: person, like, yeah. I, I work. Like, I work every single day. Okay. And it's something that I love doing. And even if I wasn't making money, I would continue doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With that being said, I hope uh, hope you took that knowledge and you do something with it. You know, because knowledge without action is just entertainment. And while I do think we are quite entertaining, that is just my ego talking. But I want you to actually use the information we talk
1: about. Yep. Yeah. All right, so good luck, man. Um, if you're still in high school, happy graduation. That should be coming up here in the next few months, I think. May hope. July, right? July, no, May? No, I think May. May, okay. Next few May. months, well, uh, happy graduation. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can always reach out to Chris at Wealth. I'd be happy to keep on pushing you in the right direction. But big things for you is stay informed. Just keep on learning. Focus on one thing at a time, um, build up your credit, ask your parents if they're willing to co-sign a credit card with you, and, you know, you can always maybe even look into like a custodial um, IRA or a custodial IRA if you have a job. Um, When you're 18, you can actually open up your own IRA, but I'm not sure when that's going to be for you.
0: With that being said, let's get to win of the week. Let's do it. Win of the week. Uh, I'm going to go first just because mine is not as great as Chris's. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like dessert is last for a reason, right? (laughs) So my win of the week is we're entering the final stages of me moving to the new house. Everything is being set up. Everything is being prepared. And actually, unfortunately for my sake, tomorrow I'm gonna to be in the attic and I'm going to be putting a lot of insulation in the attic, so.
1: It could be worse, because right now in Arizona, it's pretty chilly. It's, ch- yeah,
0: it well, was, I don't know. I was out in the sun
1: earlier. It was actually kind of toasty. Well, bro, imagine if you're doing it in August where it's like 120, you'd be dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But thankfully, like, uh, this is kind of an investment in the house and in mm-hmm. my energy bill. So with, you know, replacing the, not necessarily replacing, but I mean, it is basically replacing the insulation that's in the house now. I mean, it's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And you look up there and it's like a barren wasteland. Putting insulation up there, it like, it helps with the sound. I yell a lot because of video games uh, and sports, but um, that and like, it really helps with the energy bill. I
1: yell a lot. You know, sports, yelling at the dog. You know, have the punching dog. Walls. Punching walls. Oh, the roid rage. <laughs> the roid rage. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I am. I'm really, I'm really excited to get to that next chapter of my life. Cool. And we're getting there. The, the, the final pages of this chapter are closing. We're entering a new chapter. Uh, it's funny because we were talking about this uh, before the podcast And we're trying to schedule some stuff for the next podcast recording. And like, you know, hey, come meet at my house. So we're going to like things. And I was like looking at the calendar. And I was like, is this meeting going to be at the new place? I was like, no, not yet. Not yet. But we're almost there. We're We're almost there. there. We're almost there. So I'm excited. But what is your win of the week?
1: So my win of the week is I just got back uh, a few days ago back from Mexico City. Mm -hmm. We went down there to visit some friends. Um, It was really, really good. But the biggest thing that I, I really enjoyed about this is I actually had the chance to meet with the founder of a new application mm-hmm. uh, called kipsis.com or kipsis it's a kipsis app okay. um a few weeks ago we did the big what is it we did like the best financial tracking tools yes not yes. so kipsis is going to be a new app that should be releasing here in the next few months okay um that's going to do everything that we're looking for We're going to be tracking your expenses doing pretty much everything, kipsis.com. Kipsis.com, um, okay, okay. Be tracking your expenses, tracking your net worth, kind of doing what my Elements financial planning software does, along with being able to also um, track your expenses, like what you're mm. actually putting on your cards. So it should be released home sometime in March. So I got to meet with the founder. Uh, we went to the four seat, or no, the Ritz Carlton in Mexico City, Sassy. which was pretty cool. Me and my wife, forgot to go up there and meet with them. Um, You know, we're right across street from like this BBVA building. The towers are so high in Mexico City that the helicopters fly below you when you're at the bar. What? Yeah, like you're so high, like helicopters fly between the buildings, like below where you are at the bar. Dude, that's crazy. It was was it sick? It was sick. It sounds sick. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it was really cool. You're like, how drunk am I? (laughs) Is that a helicopter? So yeah, now and, and that also allows me to write off the entire Mexico City trip as a business expense. Nice. Because we met about business stuff. Yeah. But um, oh, yeah, Ooh, maybe that's my fault. Is that phone. Is that, the, is that the finance guy calling? Yeah, and Can then we... the other big thing that was really cool is we got to meet a bunch of people that are doing geo-arbitrage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was really cool to go down there. The reason I like travel is you get to see how other people live. Like how does the average person in Mexico City spend their Sunday? Yeah. We gotta go down to downtown Mexico City. But we got to meet a, a lot of Americans, young Americans who are actually living in Mexico City, working in America, Virtually and then getting paid in an American and then converting that immediately into Mexico and like yeah, living down there so. for cheaper You know living they have such a vibrant life and getting to experience that with them Was the coolest thing for me and my mm-hmm. wife to kind of see how other people choose to live their life Because mm-hmm. we only have the matters perspective that we have So being able to be there with them other Americans who grew up, you know in similar situations to all of us Who live here in America or if you don't live in America where you are and then they go to another place entirely
0: Yeah
1: in order to find the life that they enjoy. Bingo. That's beautiful. It's super cool. Absolutely.
0: Well, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you in the next one.
1: Yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Remember the feed for the show. If you found any value today, please tell a friend about the Fire Guys podcast. And until Monday, you have a great weekend. Later. Peace. This video podcast is sponsored by Monzon Wealth. The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. We do not endorse specific products or services. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests, not the podcast sponsor. It is crucial to consult with a qualified financial advisor
0: or professional who can provide advice tailored to your specific needs before making any financial decisions, investments, or taking any other actions. If you are seeking specified help, you can reach out to Chris at monzonwealth.com.